I started after I finished my baking. Previously on BGPI. My younger sister, the little fool, imagines that she's fallen in love. He's a boxer. Are your ear bones broken? I'm saying he was brilliant and basically a saint. I just hate boxing. I've got to be honest, Mrs. Ritzy. I'm not sure if there's anything blackmailable here. Our boss wants to see you. And now, episode two, Butler on Go-Go. After a giggly, fun-filled ride in the trunk, the thugs who'd grabbed me in my office brought me to what the sign informed me was Denunzio's Incredibly Italian Restaurant. Get in there, you! They brought me in front of a silver-haired guy who I assumed was the boss. At the very least, I knew he wasn't the hatchet girl. Mr. Amador, so nice to see you. Please, sit down. I'm so sorry for the way we bring you here. I know I like to be rude. Please, have some spaghetti. What the hell is this? Is that maple syrup? We need to do something about that sauce, eh? It's a dead giveaway every time. I'm sorry for deceiving you, Mr. Amador. My crew and I are from Ontario. Ontario. Ontario, Canada. It's just real hard for Canadians to be taken seriously in the mob business. So, we do it like this. Hey, Carl. Yeah? Listen, take this stuff away. Bring me a poutine and a kokanee. Why am I here, Mr... McDonald. Ron McDonald. You're here because we have a common concern. Yeah, outrageous salaries for hockey players. Johnny Marzetti. Never heard of him. We got a guy at Krusty McCann's gym, Mr. Amador. We know you've been asking around about him. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to make sure you're not trying to screw up my deal. And what exactly is your deal? Here you go, boss. At great expense, we have arranged for Johnny to fight Pete Calamari. I'm aware. Calamari's gonna make a run at the title next year. And we need him to have a few more knockouts under his belt, eh? Oh, so you've arranged for Marzetti to take a dive. That's the long and the short of it. I'm puzzled. 
uh, Marzetti doesn't seem like the kind of kid who'd do that. What can I say? He needs money. A lot of it. Says he has a gal and wants to get married. Mr. McDonald, where do I enter into this? Obviously, somebody's hired you to look into the kid, Mr. Amador. All I want is your reassurance that your interests and mine do not conflict. They do not. Good. Very good. I am sorry to have worried you with the hasty nature of this meeting. Allow me to offer you a lovely moose pelt by way of an apology. A moose pelt? What? Is that not... Jesus! Why does no one in this country know the value of a good moose pelt? Mr. McDonald, I assure you my business with Marzetti is completely unrelated to the fight. I am in no way trying to screw that up for you. Is there anything else I can help you with? No. As long as we're clear that the information discussed tonight does not leave this room. Of course. Good. Because breaking people's legs gives me fucking indigestion. I was starting to get a clearer picture of just what was going on here. Not that it made my job any easier. I kept an extra bottle in my desk for evenings like this. I figured it was about to come in handy. Only problem was, someone had apparently decided to crash my happy hour without an invite, and I didn't have enough booze to share. I decided to bring my friend Smith and Wesson along in case it turned out to be that kind of party. I eased myself toward my open office door and peeked carefully around the corner to see a shadow by my filing cabinet. I gave a silent three count and... Okay, let me see your hands. That's not the part of my body most men are interested in. Mrs. Ritzy? Do you point guns at all your clients, Mr. Amador? Eh, just the ones who break into my office to raid my liquor, Mrs. Ritzy. Don't worry, I wouldn't have charged you for the bullets. Here. I took the liberty of pouring our first drink. Salute. I apologize for the unexpected nature of my visit, Mr. Amador. Apologies are unnecessary, Mrs. Ritzy. Like underwear. I'm going to put my cards on the table, Mr. Amador. That's a good place for them. Much better than the sink. I didn't come here tonight to talk about the case. I came because I have needs. Like when you have corn in your teeth and you desperately need floss. Sometimes a woman needs a man, Mr. Amador. You already have a husband, Mrs. Ritzy. Yes, but I don't need my husband. I need a man. This didn't make sense. Catherine Ritzy could have any man she wanted. What was she doing playing tonsil hockey with a gumshoe? It was obvious she hadn't come here for this. Still, a tongue in your ear can allay a whole bunch of suspicion. Uh, uh, and the right hand oh, touching oh. the right spot could make you mm. not question seeing the Pope and mm. Bigfoot dancing the Charleston in your bathtub. Uh, Understand why we can't just belong to each other's hands. The sex was kind of like buying a used car from a Seventh day Adventist. A bit perfunctory, but we both got what we came for. So, is this the kind of thing you do often? You've met my husband, Mr. Amador. 
Do you imagine I relish the notion of that thing crawling up the sheets at me? Mr. Amador, I usually expect a little less formality from someone who's fondled Lenny and Squiggy. Call me Beigey. I don't think so, Mr. Amador. This wasn't an attempt to build a close relationship. This was just an itch that needed scratching. Is that a polite way of saying you've got chlamydia? I'm sorry, Mr. Amador. I took you for a man who sees the world the same way I do. A man who understands the appeal of two people using each other's bodies with no emotional complications. Was I wrong in that assumption? You misunderstand me, Mrs. Ritzy. I have no problem with the occasional meaningless baloney dance. I just get suspicious when I unexpectedly find clients in my office who then spontaneously help me. I see. So, in fact, you're even more cynical than I'd given you credit for. That's right. I assure you, Mr. Amador, the temporary use of your penis is the only reason I was in this office tonight. Consider me assured. Good night, Mr. Amador. Good night, Mrs. Ritzy. Oh, and once again, I'm sorry about the handcuffs. I'll have them wash and give them back the next time we meet. Something about this case made me uncomfortable. Despite her assurances to the contrary, I didn't quite believe that Catherine Ritzy had come to my office last night for the sole purpose of playing hide-the-eel with me. Talking to Johnny's acquaintances had got me nowhere. I figured maybe I needed to dig through some pricier garbage cans. Maybe a look around Casa Ritzy was in order. I waited outside the building where the Ritzy family lived until I saw Catherine Ritzy grab a cab to head downtown. Then I made for her front door. Can I help you, sir? I'm a friend of Catherine Ritzy. I'm afraid Mrs. Ritzy just left, sir. Perhaps you could come back later. I was supposed to pick up a package from her this morning. I'll just go up and check if it's there. Well, I'm sorry, sir. Mrs. Ritzy would have left something like that with me, and she's left nothing this morning. Listen, it won't take a second. Why don't you have a conversation with Mr. Lincoln here, and I'll run up and see. Again, sir, I apologize, but no one is permitted upstairs without the express consent of our residents. Completely understandable. No hard feelings, pal. I just wonder, what the hell is that? Huh? I'm not quite sure what you mean, sir. Were you pointing at that tree that kind of looks like a wizard? The Ritzy family's home was the top two floors of the building. It made my apartment look like an eighth of a shoebox. I checked myself in a mirror in the hallway to make sure I looked presentable. Then I kept going in spite of my reflection. Girl of about 17 opened the door. May I help you? I need to see the man in charge, sweetheart. Who is it, Georgina? Who are you, sir? And what is your business here? Yeah, that depends. Who are you? I'm Cutler, the butler. The butler named Cutler? Yes, Cutler, the butler, am I. Uh, Mr. Cutler, my name is Amador. I'm a private detective... Catherine Ritzy hired me. I am sorry. Mrs. Ritzy is away. I will tell her you stopped by. Good day. Mr. Cutler, I'm not here to see Catherine Ritzy. I need to take a look at her sister Skipper's room. Mr. Commodore, the Ritzies are a very private family. I know nothing about Mrs. Ritzy hiring a detective, 
so I'll say good day to you again, and then I shall pointedly close the door in your face. I should state for the record that I fucking hate butlers. Mr. Clamador. My employer, Mr. Arthur Ritzy, wishes to have a word with you. Does he? Indeed. This way, please. The butler led me to a cavernous office where a shriveled old man sat behind a giant desk. He looked like the type of guy who should be foreclosing on an orphanage. Who are you? Mr. Ritzy, my name is Jose Amador. I'm a private investigator. What do you want, Mr. Amador? I'm working for your daughter, Catherine. She's hired me to look into some things for her. The matter I'm investigating involves your younger daughter, Skipper. The boxer? I really can't say, Mr. Ritzy. However, it would help me a great deal if I could take a quick look at Skipper's room. I don't mean to be intrusive, but I understand she's out of town and... <coughs> I... <laughs> I Catherine doesn't trust me to take care of these things anymore. Skipper is out of the boxer's reach. As far as I'm concerned, this matter is closed. Uh, you can fuck off now, Mr. Amador. My family has no further use of you. I'd known it was a long shot, trying to get into Skipper Ritzy's room. But when a man is grasping at straws, he doesn't worry if they're plastic or paper. I was back at square one, with no lead and no way to get one. I was about to head back to my office when... Mr. Amador? It was the Ritzy's maid. She ran down the sidewalk to me. Yes? Why are you asking about Skipper? I'm trying to help her, miss. And you're not trying to hurt her? Her or Johnny? You promise? You trust the promise of some strange fella you've only just met. My father always said, if you go through this life not trusting anyone, you'll paperclip mushroom. He had a head injury. I promise you, I don't want to see either of them hurt. Skipper is such a good person. And she and Johnny, what they have is the closest thing to true love I've ever seen. They deserve every chance at happiness, no matter what her family thinks. Then help me. Help me help you help them. The maid spilled. Turns out Catherine and her father had been played for suckers. Skipper was not out of the country. She and Johnny were shacked up at the pied-a-terre of a business associate of Skipper's father. It was a five-minute walk. Fortunately, I had five minutes and knew how to walk. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting... I was expecting someone else. Can I help you? That depends. Are you Skipper Ritzy? Uh, why, no. I'm... I'm William Calder. This is my apartment. Who are you and what do you want? Easy, Johnny. I just got this shirt back from the cleaners. I'd hate to get viscera all over it. Who sent you? Listen, kid. I'm maybe the one guy in town who doesn't want something from you. Let's go inside and talk like normal, non-shooty people. Skipper, 
why don't you go ahead and take my gun so that young Mr. Marzetti here can relax a bit. Here is where you offer me a glass of Mr. Calder's scotch and we sit and talk. So I told them. I don't know why, but I did. I told them about Catherine Ritzy. I told them about the Toronto Mafia. I told them about the time I nailed Teresa McGee in the restaurant at O'Malley's Bar. That didn't have anything to do with them, per se, but it's a great story. Everything I dug up told me that you're a good kid, Johnny. So before I go talk to my client about how you two are living in sin, why don't you fill in some blanks for me? What do you want to know? Well, for starters, how is it that Skipper here is in New York when everyone thinks she's sucking down vino on the continent? Daddy had Cutler put me aboard the Queen Vera. He'd arranged for me to stay at our family estate in Tuscany, but my May, my, my friend, agreed to take a note to Johnny for me. And just before the boat sailed, he snuck on board and got me back to shore. And I knew that Uncle William, Mr. Calder, was out of town. So I used a key he gave me, and we've been here ever since. Your family is going to figure out you're not in Europe. You can't stay here forever. We know that, Mr. Amador. We're not naive. There's not enough toilet paper here to last us forever. I mean, we'd have to go around the corner to buy some toilet paper eventually. We could use paper from the books, I guess. Miss Ritzy, could I ask you to get a little more ice for the scotch from the kitchen? Of course. What's your plan, Johnny? Well, Mr. Amador, I figure we can stay here till the fight. I got a lot of money coming my way for that. For taking a dive. <sighs> I'm a good fighter, Mr. Amador, but I'm not a great one. I'm never gonna win a belt. This may be my only chance to get my hands on that kind of money. It'd be enough for Skipper and me to get out of this town. Go someplace where the two of us can be together. Maybe open up a high-end moccasin store, just like I always dreamed of. Does she know about the dive? Yeah. She's not happy about it, though. Alright. Fight Saturday. I think we ought to keep you two hidden here until then. Mr. Amador, why would you help us? You don't know us. What's in it for you? Let's just say I'm a sap who wants to see true love get a fighting chance. That's not- I don't feel like that adequately answers- You're being elusive! So, I left. I headed back toward my office to figure out my next move. If I'd been paying a little closer attention, I would have seen the figure in the shadows following me. Who is the figure in the shadows? Will true love triumph? Why are butlers always such dicks? Find out in our next episode of Beijing P.I.